Good morning, Living Stones. He is risen, and we're here this morning to celebrate that amazing truth, life-changing truth, the cornerstone of all of our hope, uh, the cornerstone of all of our joy, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is alive. You know, we're glad that you're tuning in this morning in your homes and wherever it is that you're you're watching right now uh, online. Uh, I also want to welcome all of our friends and family members and guests who might be j- tuning in for the first time. You know, normally at our Living Stone service when we're all in, in flesh together uh, in the same room, uh, this is when I turn and tell everybody to greet one another, and it, and it is a wonderful, chaotic time of uh, folks running around uh, and uh, shaking hands and giving some hugs uh, and just celebrating the joy of being together as God's people. I believe that is going to be returning very, very soon. Uh, but hey, in the meantime, we're here this morning to celebrate our King. He is alive and Jesus reigns. That's been the theme of our singing and celebration this morning. It's also the theme of a new series that we're going to be embarking on for the next four weeks, talking about the reign of Jesus Christ and our job as believers, as followers of Jesus, both to proclaim that reign and to demonstrate that reign. His reign brings beauty to planet Earth. It brings wholeness. It brings justice. And we're going to talk this morning about how his reign also brings reconciliation, which is our greatest need this morning. You know, I want to encourage you. I'm sitting here in front of uh, these pictures behind me. Uh, these are all friends uh, of ours and relationships that we have here at Living Stones with people around the globe. And they represent just obviously a very small picture of the global reality. But Jesus' reign, and the reason I'm sitting here in front of all these smiling faces this morning, is to remind us that his reign is not a local reign. It's not a tiny jurisdiction. He is Lord over everything and everyone. And those claims right there are audacious. They're huge. They should get our attention that Jesus Christ claims to be the Savior and the Lord and the King over every nation, every person. Uh, that is stunning in its scope. And we need to, we need to address that today. We need to look at that today because it should shake us into the reality of if, if that is indeed true and we believe that it is, what should be our response as believers? You know, Jesus went around, the Bible says, proclaiming the good news of his kingdom, that he is the king and that his reign brings great blessing. In fact, the Bible says he went around healing the sick, casting out devils, destroying all the works of the enemy, uh, bringing good and doing good everywhere he went. You know, the prophet Isaiah captured in, in a succinct little phrase what I believe is the summary of what this good news. The good news is that our God reigns. In fact, Philip the Evangelist, you can see on your screen there in in Acts chapter 8, says Philip's message was this. He was preaching the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we want to focus on this morning. So I want you to get your Bibles out and open them up to Romans chapter 1. And I want you to read with me and follow along with me as we look at the first five verses there in Romans chapter 1. We're talking here this morning about reconciliation and what that reconciliation looks like. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach the good news. Now you're going to hear this phrase, good news, repeated over and over in these few short verses. Verse 2, here we see it again. God promised this good news long ago 
through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3, here we see it again. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and the authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey Him, bringing glory to His name. This is the good news of the gospel, that we can be reconciled to God. In fact, I want you to see verse 17, if you drop down in chapter 1, a few verses. Here we see this word, good news, again. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. And this is accomplished from start to finish, the Bible says, by faith. This is the good news, how God makes us right in His sight. You know, reconciliation is the need of every human being. Each one of us needs to have our relationship with God restored into a situation in which we can become reconciled and have relationship with Him once again. In fact, I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Paul lays this out very clearly for us. He says, And since when we were His enemies, we were brought back to God by the death of His Son, what blessing He must have for us now that we are His friends and He is living within us. I want you to see what the gospel does. It turns enemies into friends. Now you might be thinking, I'm not really an enemy of God. I don't hate God. I'm not, you know, I'm not hostile towards God. But the Bible says that we all live in rebellion towards God. We don't love Him the way that we should. We don't honor Him. We don't pursue Him. We don't give Him the honor and the glory that He deserves. And from God's perspective, Because of sin, we're enemies of God, and we're separate from God. But here's the good news that Jesus brings. Somehow, God is going through the death of His Son, is going to bring what were once enemies and turn them into friends. This is the good news. You were once an enemy, but you can become a friend of God. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is the promise of reconciliation that we have with Him. You know, I want to give you five truths this morning about the good news. Five truths that highlight why the good news is good news, all right? Truth number one, the good news was promised, all right? The good news is promised. Do you know that the Bible tells us over 300 prophecies about Jesus' life, uh, about who He was, about what He was going to do, about what He was going to perform. In fact, I want you to look in, uh, in verse 2 with me here. God promised this good news long ago through His prophets and in the Holy Scriptures. These are two powerful witnesses that we have today for believing in Jesus Christ, the prophets and the Scriptures. As I said, over 300 Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in this one man, Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you this question. What are the odds of any one of us just happen, happening in our lifetime to fulfill 300 different prophecies? They, those odds would be staggering. In fact, there's a, a researcher named Peter Stoner in his book, Science Speaks, who, who actually did a mathematical calculation for what would be the odds of any one of us fulfilling even just a handful of the prophecies about Jesus. Now, he took just six prophecies, and he calculated that those six prophecies for any one of us to fulfill, the odds of that would be 
a one with 17 zeros after that one, which, which is just a number so big, it's staggering. To help us understand that, he said, imagine this. Go to the state of Texas and fill the entire state of Texas with silver dollars two feet deep. All right, try to imagine that. Texas is a quite a, quite a large state, two feet deep with silver dollars. Take one of those silver dollars, put an X on it, toss that into the pile, and then we're going to put you on an airplane. We're going to blindfold you. We're going to push you out with a parachute. You're going to float your way down. You're going to randomly land in the state of Texas somewhere. You're going to reach down blindfolded, and you're going to pull up the right silver dollar with the X on it. That, that would be the odds of you or I just fulfilling six of Jesus' prophecies. But there's over 300 of those prophecies, and frankly, the number is staggering. Now, why did God do this? Here's why. Because he wants us to know that his word is true and that he is faithful and that we, when we look at the man Christ Jesus, we can believe that he is who God promised him to be. He is the Messiah. He is the risen Lord and he is our king and he's reigning even now. You can believe that because the good news was promised. Let me go to the second point this morning. The good news is also a person. We don't follow a philosophy. We don't follow a religious set of guidelines. We follow a person. Look at what the Bible tells us. Verse 3, the good news is about his son. Now, in our culture today, a lot of people don't have a problem with Jesus per se. They think he was a good moral teacher. They think he was a nice guy. He treated kids nice. You know, he would have been the kind of guy that helps little old ladies across the street. I mean, you can't find much fault in the person of Jesus as far as what he had to say. But Jesus would not allow us to simply put him on the same level as any other good guy or any other moral teacher. And I love the writings of C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. Some of you are familiar with this, but he has a famous quote about Jesus that I think is powerful, and it sets him apart as the Son of God. And I want to read that to you this morning. Lewis said this in Mere Christianity, I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Here's the foolish thing. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. This is the one thing Lewis says we must not say. A man who said that the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else he is a madman or something even worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Isn't that a great quote? Lewis brings the stark reality of the fact that Jesus Christ never allowed us to bring him down to the level of just a good guy or a moral teacher. In fact, Easter obliterates any domesticated notions about who Jesus is. The lion of the tribe of Judah cannot be tamed or leashed or caged. 
We're talking this morning about the I am, the foundation of ultimate reality, the eternal son of God, the co-creator of the universe, the one who claims to be the way, the truth, the life. He is the bread of life. He is the door. He is the light of the world by which everything else is illuminated. He is our sinless lamb of God. And he is, as we're celebrating this morning, on this Easter morning, he is the resurrection and the life. This is the Jesus that we're celebrating today. The good news is it comes in a person, and that person's name is Jesus Christ. That's that's who we worship today. He is on a, a level far above any other human being. He is the eternal Son of God, and He is the resurrection and the life. So the good news is also about a person, and His name is Jesus. Point number three I want to highlight is the good news is powerful. Look with me in verse 4. It says, He was shown. In other words, He was demonstrated. This was This was put forth as truth, as evidence. He was shown to be the Son of God when He raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, this is another thing I want to drive home today as we encourage our hearts and as I seek to to challenge anybody who's watching today who maybe has not put forth personal faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible is not a leap of faith in the dark. We don't have to cut our heads off to be Christians and just pretend that what we believe is true. The Bible says Jesus Christ was demonstrated. He was shown to be God Almighty, our Savior, our Lord. He was demonstrated by the fact that God raised him from the dead. Jesus Christ conquered death itself. The Bible says after he conquered death, he spent 40 days on this planet with us, teaching about his kingdom, and then he ascended to the Father's right hand. He is Lord over everything. He is seated now at the Father's right hand. The Bible says there's a day coming when every knee will bow and every single tongue will confess, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Savior. You are sovereign. You are the one in charge. You are the master. You are the king. You are my Savior. Uh, he has been demonstrated to be the good news through his powerful resurrection from the grave. And there's three names that are given here at the end. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That word Jesus means Messiah. The Bible says you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christ means the anointed one. In the Bible, there are only three types of people that were anointed in the Old Testament. Prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. Jesus fulfills all three of those offices. He is our prophet. He is our priest, our, the one who makes uh, intercession between us and God, our mediator between God. And he is our king, our soon coming king, who even now is ruling and reigning. Matthew 28 says, Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Uh, he claims literally the authority, maximum authority, sovereign authority over the entire universe. So the good news is also powerful. Point number four, the good news is a privilege. Look with me at the next verse. It says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. How many of you know this morning we have a great privilege? The privilege is simply to speak with our own lips. 
with the authority that Jesus Christ has given us, the good news that Jesus Christ has come to save. I want to show you another powerful verse this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you can follow with me on the screen, verses 19 and 20. For God was in Christ, the Bible says, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is a wonderful message that he has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. And I want you to see what God is doing through us this morning and every morning that he gives us breath. God is using us to speak to you. We beg you as though Christ himself were pleading with you. Receive the love that he offers you. Be reconciled to God. You know, I don't know where you're at this morning as you're watching this. I don't know where your relationship with God is. But I want you to hear the Father's heart. I want you to hear Jesus' heart. This is the message that I have the privilege of preaching this morning, that I have the privilege of speaking with authority to you this morning. Listen to the heart of the Lord. He says, speak to you. We beg you. We plead with you. This is strong language. This is language that matters. You know, Easter matters. It matters to you. And so the message is one of pleading and begging. And what are we pleading and begging? We're begging you, receive the love that God is offering you. And how do we receive that love? We receive that gift of new life through Jesus Christ so that you and I can be reconciled to God. And let me end this message this morning with the best news of all. You know, we said that the good news was all these other things, a privilege, it was powerful, it was a person, it was promised. But but here's the best news of all. The good news is personal. This is not just a message that's being shot out randomly. This, this is a message to you this morning. God is speaking to you this morning because this message is personal. The Bible says in, the, in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Here, here's, here's where we need to get this morning. This message of Jesus Christ rising from the dead Ascending to the Father's right hand, Jesus reigning is a personal message. Jesus wants to reign over you. There's three responses in this verse that God respects from us. Number one, to believe. You know, believe is simply you saying, I choose to believe that God sent his son so that I could be reconciled to him. That's what the Bible calls grace. We don't earn it. We don't have to perform for it. We don't have to do anything for it. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, would not face damnation, but would have eternal life. This is the good news of the gospel. It's grace. It's what Jesus did on our behalf for us. We don't earn it. We don't have to do anything but receive it. You know, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will never die. What a promise. Anyone who believes in Jesus will never die. So what do we do? We reach out, first of all, in faith, and we believe. That's the work we do today. We simply believe. We take our hearts and we say, Jesus, I believe you. And then that gives us the grace to do the second thing, which is to obey God. God says his His commandments are not burdensome to us. They're actually the source of abundant life. When you live according to the Word of God, when you follow the teaching in this book, you are promised the most abundant life possible. So we we 
believe, we obey, and then it leads to the third point. You were created for the glory of God. God has gifted you and I in amazing ways to be demonstrated, to live in a way that brings Him glory and brings people blessing. You'll never experience the fullness of life that God intended until you believe Him, obey Him, until you begin to live for the glory of God. You know, I want to pray with people this morning who might be watching uh, that this would be a fresh opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ and to receive the gift that God has given us. Would you take a moment right now? And I want you to, to think about where you're at with the Lord. I want you to think about uh, whether or not you have reached out and received the grace God's offering. I want you to ask this question. Are you an enemy of God or are you a close personal friend of God? Jesus Christ, through his death and through his glorious resurrection, has made possible for the transformation to take place, to move from being an enemy to being a friend. And it's a matter of believing. Bow your head with me, will you? Father, I thank you for people who are listening right now all over this region, Lord, all over this nation, and even friends that are tuning in from the nations of the world. Jesus, you died on that cross, and you shed your blood, and you were buried, and three days later, as was prophesied, you rose from the dead, and you conquered death for us. And so, Lord, right now, the good news is not a single one of us in this room needs to experience death and damnation, but every one of us could experience life. If you would like eternal life, I want you to pray with me right now. Just just pray out loud right where you're at. Pray out loud. I want you to be able to hear your own voice, all right? Pray out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I repent of my sin. I thank you, Lord, that you took my sin upon yourself and that because of your shed blood, I could be forgiven. And I thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead and that you conquered death and you conquered sin and you conquered the grave so that I could experience life. Now, Lord, based upon what you did for me, I choose to believe. I declare right now, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe You died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again. And I believe that you are my king. I receive you into my life. And I thank you for what you've done now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, I believe that there are people who prayed that prayer with me right now. And we have a responsibility to follow up with you and to help you and to be committed to seeing you grow. If you'll do me one more favor and you'll simply... uh, Text the word Jesus to the number that you're seeing on the screen right now. Just type in that number and text the word Jesus to that number. We're going to follow up with you because our desire is to help you grow. This is just the beginning of an amazing relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So we welcome you into the family. And for the rest of you watching, I pray that these truths that we've established and just reminded you of would bring you great joy and cause for great celebration today. I know you're going to leave our time together. You'll go and enjoy perhaps some uh, Easter celebration and food and meals and family and friends today. And and, uh, and I just rejoice with you, the hope that we have because of our Lord and Savior. You know, we're doing something uh, new this year, especially due to the present set of circumstances. Normally when I say amen... Uh, you're all racing out of the sanctuary and convening in our beautiful lobby here at Living Stones. 
and you're enjoying some coffee or some food or some fellowship, and that's one of the highlights for me is seeing uh, our, our fellowship hall or our, our foyer full of God's people just celebrating and rejoicing together. Well, we're doing something different this year. It's called our online virtual lobby experience. And if you will text right now some of those links that you're seeing on the screen, or if you'll go to our webpage, we've got those links in different places. But if you'll just click on one of those links, it will drop you right here into our lobby virtually uh, via Zoom. And uh, our pastoral staff and myself will be here, and we just simply want to say hello to you. It'll also give you a chance, because you don't know who you're going to be uh, with in that group, so you're going to have a chance to see various faces of our Livingstones friends and family on the screen. We hope it will be a fun time. It cannot replace us being together personally, uh, but it sure would be a lot of fun to see some of our friends. And we want to see you. I want to see you. I'll be bouncing around to some of the different uh, computer Zoom groups just to say hello and to let you know how much we love you and how much we appreciate you. The good news is Jesus Christ reigns. We have a King. He's alive. And this Resurrection Sunday is our yearly reminder to celebrate these truths that are so precious to us because he lives we can face tomorrow because he lives there's eternal life for all of us hey let's really enjoy these truths today have an amazing celebration and i look forward to seeing you here in the lobby in just a moment have a great day